Education is about inspiring one's mind. Black History Month Community and Cultural Awareness brought to you by the Madison Black Chamber of Commerce. Black History Month! Black History Month! Celebrate Black History Month. It means a lot to know where we came from. Sojourner Truth, an abolitionist and women's rights activist in the 1800s. Born into slavery and when she was only nine years old, sold away from her parents. Sojourner married in 1815 and over time had five children. In 1826, after years of abuse, she escaped with her baby daughter to freedom. Over time, Sojourner began to free her other children from slavery. When she discovered that her sons had been sold to slaveholders in the South, she sued the slave owners and won freedom of her son. Sojourner began traveling around the North as a preacher and an abolitionist. She was a popular and powerful speaker. Although she never learned to read or write, she could vividly communicate the evils of slavery. Because of this, she was often invited to speak to large crowds. Today, Sojourner is recognized as a prominent historical figure in both the abolitionist and women's rights movement. Her work and dedication to both causes has been recognized in historic sites and public memorials. Today, we reflect and respect Sojourner Truth. Black History Month is not only a great time to bring awareness to black history and culture, in partnership with the Madison Black Chamber of Commerce, we can also bring awareness to black-owned businesses in the Madison community. Madtown's 93.1 Jams. Black History Month Community and Cultural Awareness. We turn it up. Madtown's 93.1 Jams, Black History Month Community and Cultural Awareness. Sitting out today out in the community with the Urban League, Dr. Anthony, how you doing today? Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing excellent. It's a pleasure to have some of your time today. It's good to be here with you as well. I want to ask a little bit about how you came to work at the Urban League here in Madison, because I read your bio and you started out working with the Wisconsin Department of Transportation and had a really great career there. And I think that like that's that's huge. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've done your research. I tried to. I didn't I'm want to walk in with my foot in my mouth, you know? <laughs> I'm impressed, yeah. So I go back a long way uh, with the Urban League, not the Urban League of Greater Madison, but the Urban League in general. I grew up in Yonkers, New York, and uh, I played okay. at the Urban League as a young person, okay. right? Okay. I did after-school programs at the Urban League, and I also played in the Whitney Young Projects. Whitney Young is one of the more revered um, national leaders of the Urban League, and uh, so uh, my wife had the opportunity to work here at the Urban League of Greater Madison when we came here maybe 33, 34 years ago, and she worked here twice. I never thought that I'd have the opportunity to work at the Urban League because my career had gone into a different direction, Uh, but when the opportunity came up, you know... um, I, on the last day uh, to make uh, an application for the job, I applied. And uh, this has been the greatest thing that I could have ever done in my career. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're changing lives daily. You know, not not that there was anything wrong with working at the Department of Transportation, but like this is something that's so much closer to the community and the, the benefits of the Urban League, the Urban League of Greater Madison, and what it's doing for the black community, black owned businesses, and, and people of color. Like, got to be a lot more fulfilling. Oh, absolutely. It, it is very fulfilling. Uh, When I worked at the Department of Transportation, I did a lot with doing uh, diversifying the work of transportation to put out small business opportunities for minority-owned businesses Mm -hmm. or disadvantaged businesses. And so that would be the the civil rights connection to the work that the Urban League does. I I was already in uh, the small business development work, you know, at the Department of Transportation. And so that gave me uh, another link uh, uh, to the Urban League. After leaving uh, the Department of Transportation, I went to be a 
consultant uh, for a while with an engineering firm called Bloom Companies. Okay. After that, I started my own company, became a small business, and I, I have, a, have, yeah. a, have a company called uh, Rojack that still does the advising to company uh, to organizations like the DOT. But when I came uh, to the Urban League, again, it gave me an opportunity to kind of reconnect, but also to bring some of the skills that I learned from working in the private sector and government for many years to the Urban League. While you were in that transition to your own business, you created something called the Wisconsin Model. And and from my understanding, this is something that helps to uh, uh, change the position for disadvantaged Black-owned businesses? Absolutely. So we had a project in Milwaukee called the Marquette Interchange Project. It was an $810 million project uh, where it was the the largest project being done by the Department of Transportation during that time. And during that time, we were able to involve 174 small disadvantaged businesses on that project for over 120 uh, 120 million dollars and so um, we reached um, pretty uh, significant goals and in fact those were the largest goals that the state had reached at, at that time also in terms of for minority labor um, we were able out of 4,000 workers to get a thousand minority workers on the project so that's why I say the, the connection to civil rights had already occurred when I was working at DOT right. and yet so it was easy kind of for me to make the transition here to the Urban League to already start doing the work. It, but this just makes it full time on the civil rights movement versus just kind of part time. That's right. Or, it, or partial focus. Yeah and so when I came to the Urban League after I got here I said if they would realize that I would do this work for free um, you know <laughs> they probably would have hired me sooner because again uh, this work matches with my theology. Yeah. I'm actually a, a deacon at Mount Zion Baptist Church and I feel like my work right now I get to serve the community you know uh, to, to make um, lives better uh, through home ownership to to make lives better to putting people into jobs this mm-hmm. year you know we reached the mark of having put 1500 people or last year we we reached the mark of um, putting 1500 people into sustainable ways jobs every day I'm excited about you know what we're gonna do for this community when I come to work and, that, and that's that's huge that's, yeah. that's super huge but you you're just living an entire community forward life at this point which I think is probably a, a blessing but it's what you want to do which means in, inside you know they say when you when you do when you love what you do you're not working a day in your life right that's right that's right you know you've achieved that that dream that's amazing i i, I have and, and uh gotta give a shout out to my staff i've got the dream team of a staff okay. you know with ed lee and um ray allen and the rest of the folks here um they get it done you know every day so well, I, I just feel blessed to have this opportunity to serve this community i think the urban league of greater madison is, is getting it done every your words speak truth to the whole company like our, our whole community feels the impact of what you guys do over here well thank you and, and we that. need more of this and and that's why i'm hoping to build this relationship with the urban league and let's make it happen man. no let's let's do that so yeah. the urban league of greater madison uh, what's the purpose it, it's a, you know it, it's much more than a business network this is a community resource network Sure. Yeah, it, it, it's a, a community organization that have been serving this community since 1968. You know, wow. a lot of times during the uh, Great Migration, when people were trying to leave like the Jim Crow South for opportunities in mm-hmm. the North, the Urban League was that guiding light, you know, to individuals to find their way into home ownership, to find their way into support for their kids in school, to stand up and fight for uh, the community on, on civil rights issues. And, and so having that opportunity, you know, to continue to do that type of work is just 
just a, a tremendous, uh, you know, people count on us for so many things. A lot of times people don't even know what we do, but they come here knowing that we're like a beacon or, or a light it's on a the hill. spotlight. Like. Yeah, they knock on the door and, say, and if, if we can't help them, uh, we know enough about the community networks that we can send them, you know, to somewhere else. We can send them to uh, the YWCA. We can send them to United Way Boys and Girls Club. And so, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of our success is be because of the, the partnerships that we have as well. Um, we're able to connect well and, and, and play well with others to really make a difference in the lives of people in this community. You're making huge, huge differences. I mean, uh, there, there's two things that I want to I want to get to that are huge, the Black Business Hub and, and the Black Business Hub Accelerator. Yeah. But before going there, I, I was on your website. I, I love the home ownership program. Mm -hmm. I, I love the adjustment clinic. Our, our jails right now are so overpopulated with people that are just in on child support holds and, and things like, I love this monthly clinic where people can come and get help. And, and it's a fear-free, safe environment where they can come and get that help. And you know, if, they're, if they don't understand their position with child support or if they need to adjust it, I think these are huge things that 20 years ago if that was something that could have been done maybe we wouldn't have a problem in the jails with an overcrowding because of a child support. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of us, including myself, we don't all get it right, you know, the yeah. first time. We make mistakes, right? And so at the Urban League, we believe that we have to be an organization of uh, second chances. Mm -hmm. And so with our expungement clinic, you know, that gives us an opportunity to bring an individual back uh, to their family, uh, to get them caught up on the arrearages that they might have, mm -hmm. and to um, just get them engaged. And so it gives uh, uh, these individuals a new start. Uh, Leotha Stanley and, and, and all Austin Johnson and all those others that work on this program, um, they're dedicated to, you know, helping these uh, young men uh, get a new start. And so it's great that, you know, we have the opportunity to do this. And you do it once a month. I believe it was the second Tuesday of every month, yep. if I was correct. Resolve or avoid child support warrants and, and make sure that you're doing the right thing, not just for the child, but for yourself, changing your situation. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, um, so often, uh, you know, we get uh, good reports back from uh, the, the men that that, you know, come through the program and they talk about, you know, how the program has changed their lives and that um, they're back connected with their families. And that's what we expect that's, to do. That's what it's about. But, but the good thing about it, too, is many of these men are also able to come and get into our workforce development programs. Yes. They can get into our trades programs or they might find themselves at, at Exact Sciences or some of the other training programs that we have. And so they not only do we help them, you know, reconnect with their families, but we give them job training that's in demand that where they can find a job and really feel proud, you know, about earning a, a livable wage and making a contribution. Yeah, that, I mean, that's important. That's huge. That's huge. Furthermore, on that same uh, on that same tip, you do a virtual job club or virtual job fair every Friday, yep. uh, every Friday morning. So if, yeah. if you're trying to take those first steps to get back into the work world, or maybe, maybe you just got out of the work world. Yeah. I think this might be a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. You know, so one of the things that uh, we have uh, been able to maximize on is like in this new environment where people, you know, may not be able to do face-to-face -face because of COVID, uh, we've been able to offer job clubs, featured employer seminars online. You know, we started out, you know, uh, working uh, with uh, um, General Electric, you know, uh, to kind of help yeah. uh, direct people there to when that they needed uh, help and making uh, PPEs and that sort of stuff. But now we've got over 100 companies 
companies that you know we help source our individuals for. So um, you know we've got a great track record with companies. For example, like with uh, Exact Sciences, we've had um, 13 cohorts uh, of trainings, and they've wow. hired over 85 percent of the folks. 80, that, wow, 85 percent of the people. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing, right? That's a beautiful number. You right. know, like that's that, that's a high high odds of placement. Right, and so companies see that, and we get calls all the time to say, well, how can we build that the type of relationship that you have with Exact Science? How can we build that? And we tell them, well, if if we're going to make the time to train people, it has to be for jobs that are in demand because right now, you know, um, uh, it, 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 it's a, a market that's conducive for, for workers. So it's right. a worker's market. And so if a worker is going to spend their time or a person's going to spend their time training, we got to know that there's a high probability at the end of that training is that they're going to get a job in a sustainable wage job because they can go to the gas station now. You go to the gas know, station and make 18 an 18 hour. 18 bucks an hour. Yeah. And so, you know, we have to put them in a position to be competitive and get a competitive wage for their families. That's absolutely true. What's What's the best way for anyone that's listening right now that maybe wants to tap in with the Urban League, maybe look at these the job fairs or the adjustment clinics? What's the best way to to get a hold of the Urban League. Yeah, you can go to our, our website at uh, ulgm.org or you can go to our, our phone at 608-729-1200 and call us, you know, connect with us and uh, and we'll we'll show you or talk to you about the different possibilities we have for job training. Well, we have a great home ownership program, which mm-hmm. I guess we'll talk about, you know, a little bit later. Absolutely. Uh, and, and uh, you know, we'll show you, you know, um, you know, how to make progress and how to change your life. And, and everybody I've met here is extremely personable. They're, they're nice. They're down to earth. You know, people are here to help. So that's you should feel invited to come to the Urban League of Greater Madison for assistance. Absolutely. Black Business Hub. Fall 2022 is going to be a big time for the Urban League. Tell me about what's happening here. Yeah. So, you know, when we looked at uh, what's going on in South Madison, we see mm-hmm. all this gentrification happening. Same thing happened on East Washington, right? Yeah. But African-American voices, we weren't in- involved in any of that. African-Americans didn't uh, participate in the wealth building there. Well, South Madison is one of the oldest African-American enclaves uh, in the city. Right, right. So if there is one, it's here. And so why shouldn't we be a part of like crafting how this community should change? And so the Urban League of Greater Madison decided that we're not going to stand on the sideline and watch things go on. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know, we're going to bet, you know, on uh, black businesses and, and, and uh, black workers in this community. If we can't bet on them. Why would we ask someone else to do to that? To do right? it, right. So, and so and when we look at the challenges that we face in terms of uh, gentrification and we look at the challenges that we face with home ownership and business development, uh, for example, uh, across the nation right now, uh, the African-American home ownership is 46%. And here in in, in the uh, state of Wisconsin, it's 26%. Oh, so we're the third we, worst we gotta, in the nation. We got Third worst in that. the nation. But when you look at Dane County, we're 10%. So if 26% is the third worst in the nation, uh, you know, for the state. Right. And, and, and we look at Dane County I at mean, 10%. We've got some challenges. And that's where the wealth is built uh, through home ownership and the home equity that we have. Yeah. You know, be, because uh, you, ho- you own a home, you can take that equity, you can send your kids to college, you college. can start a business. Yeah. But when you look at businesses, we look at the challenges of businesses in this community. So in Dane County, there's around 10,000 businesses that have more one or more employee. But when you look at African-American demographics, you see only four tenths of, of a percent or, or only uh, less than 40. Around 39 of those businesses are African-American owned businesses. 39 in the county. So why wouldn't we talk about, you know, trying to build, you know, not just a building, which our black business hub will be, but a system that will allow us to uh, 
help small businesses start up, existing businesses continue to exist, and those businesses that want to scale up, scale up. That's what this Black Business Hub is all about, you know, is helping uh, as this revitalization go on to have it be an African-American renaissance so that others can benefit and others can build wealth. And so you also, you talked about the, not just our building, but the Accelerator Program. Mm -hmm. The Accelerator Program, we just started a, a partnership with um, Generator to start now recruiting cohorts of those folks that are interested in starting a business and running them through a five to seven week uh, training program where they can learn, you know, how to explore their business idea. But at the end of the day, putting them in front of investors who might invest in their ideas. But on top of that, they'll help us manage our accelerator program. And already we've uh, we've raised about $1.2 million for the accelerator program to give out grants and loans uh, to folks in the community to look at putting together a business plan to be able to give them grants and loans uh, to help with payroll, um, but also to help them start their businesses. Those businesses that are interested in moving into the hub, we have funds to kind of help them build out their facilities and, and just help them advance their business in the hub. That's, how many square feet is this hub going to be? The hub is going to be um, 80,000 uh, square wow. feet. And this whole concept, uh, we expect to have uh, 40, 45,000 uh, square feet for the um, hub tenants, 35,000 square feet for the business tenants and governance to kind of help uh, stabilize the, the project. So it is an exciting you know, opportunity that's going to re revitalize the village on park, also oh, going to yes. be you know, help us uh, be a stimulus and ignite, you know, this uh, uh, diverse redevelopment, you know, here yeah. in South Madison. It's going to be on Park Street, correct? It'll it's going to be here in, in the it, south side? It'll be on, on South Park Street and, and Hughes Place. Okay. Right on the corner there. There'll be inside of that uh, facility. We, we we expect to have an African American Caribbean restaurant where you can sit outside. Also sit, you know, inside. Mm -hmm. um, we expect to have pop up opportunities uh, for businesses that you know um, are not quite ready for brick and mortar. But, but need a little bit. Yeah. But eat a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. But also we'll have um, uh, you know permanent spaces uh, in there where hopefully uh, you know there'll also be a small grocer you know in there almost like a New York um, bodega style. Yeah. you know grocer uh, and, and there'll be other restaurants there'll be um, a beauty shop a, a barber shop beauty school and they'll be okay. consultant they'll, they'll they'll be uh with it you know in there you know to, to help you know small women women businesses grow right. Uh, and uh, we'll have a bank in there. It's just a whole lot of entities that are, you know, rallying around this project and want to support this project so that, you know, minority-owned businesses, small businesses, women businesses will have a chance to have a place that they can call their own and have uh, a, a, pay, a place for colleague businesses to share best practices and to work together. I think a really unique part of this accelerator program is these, these grants and loans that are getting put together. You don't have to go to the traditional bank, the traditional banking system where you're already at a disadvantage you're you're keeping it in a, in a you're keeping it here in the urban league where it's a fair court absolutely so we know that um, access to capital has been a challenge for minority owned yeah. businesses and we saw that with PPP loans oh right? my god when those PPP loans came out you know African-American businesses didn't get they, it no they didn't get it because they didn't have the banking relationships and so only 5% of the African-American businesses across the nation were able to get in line fast enough to get a PPP loan you know right, right, right at the start and so yeah. you know giving them access to capital is going to be a game changer and and it will and, and the sad thing is it was only 5% of black businesses nationwide. So if you try to translate that to a local number, uh, our, our local businesses were left on their own. 
that's so, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. So the good thing about, you know, the Black Business Hub is that businesses will start in the hub, but once they grow, I mean, they're going to grow throughout Madison's community. They'll they'll leave the south side, they'll go on the west side, they'll go on the northeast side, they'll go to places in the region. The, the good thing about this, and I was talking to uh, uh, Zach Brandon from the Greater Madison Chamber, and Zach Brandon, once he saw the presentation, he said, hey, this is the missing piece in the region. This right. is not just good for South Madison. This is the missing piece in the region and it's going to have large regional implications for economic development it will absolutely and and i know not necessarily the urban leagues project but the the center for black excellence and culture coming along the way too right over here on park street like like and that's going to encompass on 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 music and and lifestyle that just really complements what you're doing here yeah yeah so we talk about causing a a renaissance to happen here in south madison Mm -hmm. and the black business hub is going to ignite that you know with the um center for black excellence that's going to be a great addition you know here you've got brand and Rolls project that's going to put, uh, put affordable housing uh, down there on the uh, on the pick and save site. That's going to be great. Mm-hmm. You got Central Hispano that's doing their work, and then you had Jack Daniels with Madison College who had the yes. who had the courage to come here and say that it's worth investing in South Madison. And I tell people, I said that was the thing that really sparked uh, you know interest in South Madison. Really, when when Jack you know moved um, MATC or Madison College from downtown to here, that gave folks the the courage and and, and it gave folks um, the ability to to think that it's worth investing in South Madison. Right after that you saw lots of builders, you know, rushing to buy space down here. And one of the reasons that you know, we, we thought that we needed this black business hub after talking to the community uh, was that we saw that developers were uh, outpacing the planners. And I, I often say that, you know, the uh, the developers are like the hare and planner, planners are like the tortoise. They're right. moving really slow. And, and, and before you know it, um, this whole area would, would change without the influence of um, community members and African-American leaders, uh, you know, if we would just sit on, on the site and just wait for the plans to catch up to what what's happening with development. And you can't because the developers have more money, more capital, and and they just, they've, they've been there. Yeah. Just so long, you can see it with the housing, the housing market. These big companies are coming in, just buying all the land, and they don't develop on it for ten years or more, and yeah. that don't help the community. But on that same aspect, you have a home ownership program that you do with the Urban League of Greater Madison that is empowering Black folks and minorities to become a homeowner, which is yeah. huge. That's the game changer because if you're not paying your mortgage and your future, you're paying someone else's, Absolutely. and you're absolutely paying way too much. Absolutely. So the Urban League has been in the home ownership space for a very long time and uh, initially um, they had purchased about 57 homes and with those uh, 57 homes it was a, a lease to own program where you had to lease the um, the property for 15 years and after 15 years you became a homeowner wow but okay. now you know um, we did a we did another program where we purchased uh, 16 homes uh, we got a five million dollar new market tax credit grant these people now can become homeowners right away community members really? become homeowners right away but they have and, and the Urban League serve, uh, serves as the bank. So, so yes. um, you know, we don't have to have all the same criteria as the bank. We make a safe bet, you know, 
on right. these individuals, but they might have a blemish or two. Um, but they become homeowners right away. They stay financed with us for seven years. After seven years, we have to uh, give them the skills of Dude. home ownership, uh, you know, cleaning up their credit and, and financial management so that in seven years they can get refinancing right. and, and, and get us out. You know, and, and as a part of this, um, we have them put money in what we call a wealth building account where that they can build up an account for those seven years to allow them to take care of um, a roof or maintenance. maintenance. But yeah, most yeah. of the houses are already rehabbed when we've done them, so they shouldn't have to they use shouldn't that. They shouldn't have to, right? But just in case as a safety net, they have that. But the good thing about this, at the end of the, at, at the end of seven, if they haven't used those funds that they put to the side, it's their funds. They so not do. so so not only do they get the equity in their home, but they get the funds in the wealth building account. So now we're talking about real wealth you're, building. You're changing an entire family's trajectory. Right, right, yeah, right. That's that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, but but it's only sixteen, and so you know one of the things that we focus on is like you know even if we can make a small difference, uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, sixteen is not huge, but in the lives it's, of each one of those families is huge, right? Yeah. So I mean. So we look for the small victories and we get the small victories that have large impacts. It, it might be one family, but that but an average family is four individuals, right? Yeah. So you know, you look at that that bigger picture. It's it's a lot more than just you know, I just affected one household. Like it's it's that household, the, the kids, the, the whole entire family is going to feel that ripple effect. Yeah. And, and and this is the American dream, right? And a lot of folks they can't go get traditional banking and make this happen for themselves, right? And so we bring them in. Um, we we teach them about you know good credit. We teach them about you know how to manage your home and 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 we talk to them about the wealth building and so mm-hmm. it is an opportunity for um you know families that wouldn't typical typically be able to walk into the bank you know and get you know a loan it, that's a game changer and and again like you're 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 out here for the for the black community for the minority community giving giving second chances third chances opportunities that other people aren't giving yeah and and that that's community that's that's changing our lives uh, everybody's lives yeah yeah and so the other thing with this program too a lot of times what they'll have to pay for a mortgage mm-hmm. you know is less than what they're paying and for rent. rent yeah and our program allows them to pay interest only for seven years really interest only hmm. yeah Wow, that's uh, yeah. so. If anybody's listening, that that you know, maybe they want to take that step, or maybe even just see if if they can take that step. What's the best way to contact the Urban League for this home ownership program? Same way, go Same to way. our website ulgm.org or call us at 608-729-1200. Now we we have two houses left. We only know. have two left we, for we the got, year. We got we got two houses left, but we're gonna do this again. We're gonna keep keep gonna going, keep, keep going, get sixteen yeah, yeah. more houses and, and start over. That's a beautiful thing, though, uh, uh, Doctor Anthony. And I really appreciate your time today. Is there anything else that you want to add that the Urban League is, is doing this year? We'll continue our workforce development programs. And, and, and with that, you know, we continue to build uh, relationships. We've got a trades program uh, that's going on, you know, um, um, right now. Um, we'll have uh, a nursing assistant program uh, that we'll, uh, we're, we're working on with a grace. Okay. And uh, those individuals that are interested in becoming a registered nurse, if you get into this nursing assistant program, a grace will help, you know, you with uh, your tuition to uh, get to, to become uh, an, an RN. Uh, we continue to do... Uh, um, programs uh, with the hospitals for medical scheduling and those sorts of things. So, okay. you know, give us a call, you know, at the Urban League or get on our website, you know, and take a look at, you know, some of the things that we have to do. Again, most of the trainings that we do are, are for high demand, you know, opportunities. High demand jobs. Yeah. And then again, uh, we work quite a bit with the schools, uh, our youth programming. You know, during the spring break, 
you know, we'll do our gaming and coding again. So during the spring break, if your if your children are looking for somewhere to go, uh, from from middle school all the way to high high school, uh, we'll we'll partner with the gaming community to do our gaming and coding. Uh, uh, during the summers, we do our Steam camps, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. We have a lot going on, and so the Urban League is a place that you know if the families really need assistance and really need to to get connected, give us a call or go on our website at ulgm.org and we'll be there to help you because if nobody else won't bet on the black community i'll tell you that the urban league is going to bet on you we're going to bet on you you're going to double down on, on the black community on the black community and poor people in this community women in this community you know pick up the phone and give us a call and, and we'll work with you and, and you're easy to find you're right here on park street i believe you're you're open monday through friday open, traditional business hours open through monday through friday traditional business hours uh right now our staff works remotely on fridays but you can still come here on Friday and the managers will be here and we can still direct you to programming. We're yeah. here for you. Absolutely. Uh, the website is extremely useful too. I mean, there, there's so many, so much stuff up there. Uh, parent child resources for, you know, uh, helping at home school and education through COVID. Like uh, the amount of resources that I found on the Urban League site, like I was, I was just on there for hours. I was like, wow, like I, I, how do I get all of this into a 20 minute interview? Like, yeah, no, yeah. like we gotta, we gotta have this relationship. I need you to be back on jams again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll come back. We, we did COVID clinics. Uh, we did a uh, drive through uh, Unity Picnic. Two weeks ago, wow. we, we did uh, drive through MLK uh, Scholarship Awards, where uh, we worked with uh, Kip Catering to give uh, families okay. like uh, a lunch as they had come through with the kids to recognize their awards. While the COVID um, challenge is going on, we're not slowing down. We're just mm -hmm. finding more creative ways to contact or connect with families and children. Well, you're empowering our community one step, one day at a time. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Uh, Dr. Anthony, thank you so much for your time today. I explaining, you know, the, on the greater sense of what's happening with the Urban League of Greater Madison. Yeah, th thank you for giving me an opportunity to, to share with you our program. All right, Dr. Anthony, I appreciate your time. Uh, Urban League of Greater Madison, please tap in with them. Black History Month, Community and Cultural Awareness. We're spotlighting black-owned businesses businesses in the Madison area. Thank you, Dr. Anthony. Thank you, sir. I'm glad All to right. be here. All right. Madtown's 93 on Jams.